So good morning, everybody. Welcome to Daily Devotions. Uh, my name is Lloyd, and this morning I'll be continuing our series as we go through the book of 1 Corinthians. We've been looking at this letter to the church in Corinth, written by the Apostle Paul, and the practical application that that has on our lives today. And this morning, I want to touch on one or two key ideas from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, this particular chapter uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians is quite a heavy one in that the Apostle Paul uses some pretty intense language to tackle some pretty intense issues that the church was experiencing. Uh, how many of us know that sometimes church life gets messy? It's not always smooth sailing. You know, there are some things that happen in churches that need addressing. And here the Apostle Paul was addressing some of the issues that the church in Corinth was going through. Uh, and he deals specifically with two, two main issues in this chapter. The first one being legal disputes or disagreements between fellow believers. Uh, and then secondly, the issue of sexual immorality. So this is kind of what this chapter is about. Uh, and firstly, when it comes to the, to, to the legal disputes issue, what was happening is that when two believers had a dispute against one another or um, there, was a, there was a legal disagreement, they would take one another to court. Um, instead of approaching another believer who was wise, who could, act, who could act as an arbitrator be, between them and resolve the issue. And the Apostle Paul is saying here that as Christians, surely you are able to resolve matters in a godly way amongst yourselves without having to drag a fellow believer off to court. When, and he was saying in this time that someone that's outside the church, that someone that's worldly, that needs to resolve an issue that happens internally inside the church. And he said, surely there's a better way of doing that. He's asking them as the church to rise up and settle those issues, those disputes um, internally with one another without having to go to uh, external sources to help. Uh, and then secondly, on the issue of sexual immorality, you know, Paul, Paul had to write to a church here in Corinth that was surrounded by a lifestyle of pagan worship to a large extent, where practices like prostitution and sexual promiscuity were very prevalent and they were almost considered the the cultural norm of that time in that area in Corinth. So he makes a very strong case in this chapter for reasons why we should honor God with our bodies, why we should live according to holiness. And he lists a few of them. He says that if we live in a certain way, if we, if we practice certain sins, we won't inherit the kingdom of God, meaning that we won't have God's rule and his sovereign best experienced in our lives. He also says that we have been washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus, we have been cleansed from our former way of sin. We have been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So we should live in accordance with that divine nature. We shouldn't subject ourselves to these pagan practices because we have been washed and cleansed and justified. And then he kind of builds on that and makes some really power punch remarks um, in response to what was uh, supposedly a commonly used saying or phrase. Um, in the church culture at this time. And this is what I want to focus on for a few moments this morning, uh, where the Apostle Paul says the following in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12. Um, and in quotations, it says, everything is permissible for me. So this is this commonly used saying that, you know, people just used to say, everything is permissible for me. And then Paul says, but not everything is beneficial. He then says again in quotations, everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Man, that is an extremely powerful statement or two by the Apostle Paul here. He is tackling the mindset that some of the believers in the church had adopted that said, because I am saved by grace and nothing can separate me from the love of God, 
I can carry on living just as I want because everything is permissible for me. I'm not bound by anything, so I can do anything that I please. Oh man, I wonder how many difficult situations in life would be avoided today if we simply allowed that statement, but not everything is beneficial, to shatter the so what questions that we sometimes have in life. I wonder, because there's still an attitude in the heart of believers today that says I'm saved and there's nothing I can do to undo that salvation. So I guess I'll just keep on living the way that I want to live and no matter what I do, God will forgive me. So I might as well carry on doing what I please. And this morning we have, we have this very strong encouragement from Paul here that says, while that might be the case, you, you, you have your freedom. Just note that not everything is helpful to you. Yes, you may do it, but is it beneficial? Is it going to be of a benefit benefit to you? you know, that's, a, that's a deeper level maturity question right there. He's getting the church to think outside of this shallow, corrupted, worldly mindset and go, hang on, will this way of living, will this act of sin produce God's best for my life? And the answer is, of course, no. If you carry on living the way you want, it won't be very beneficial to you in that you won't experience what God has in mind. And he kind of adds to that idea when he says, excuse me, in in the next verse again, everything is permissible for me in quotes, but I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered by anything. You know, that's that's what sin wants to do, doesn't it? It It wants to make itself your master and it wants to make you its slave. And Paul says, yeah, you weren't called into a life of slavery. You were set free from a life of slavery. So instead of being controlled by sin and living in a way that doesn't bring about fruitfulness in your life, learn to control your bodies and live as slaves to righteousness. Because guess what? Sin is not your master. God is your master. God is your master, not not sin. And this is the same theme that Paul is getting across to the church in Rome, where in chapter 6 in the book of Romans, which is probably one of the most beautiful and powerful expositions of the Christian faith in all of Scripture. Uh, He says this in in, um, Romans 6, verse 1 to 5. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? I mean, that is such a powerful verse. It's the same as Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This old way of sin, this this cultural norm that the church saw around them, that's not who God has called us to be. That way of living, that, that way of sinful living has died. Live in accordance with your new identity in Christ. That's who you are. That's what's going to bring about God's best for your life. And in fact, Romans 6, in verses 12 to 19, he carries on and he says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. There's that idea about it wanting to make you its slave. Do not present your members as sin, uh, uh, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will not have dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? And then he says in, uh, in some of the final verses there, uh, we have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. He's building on this idea that says, you know what, God is your master. You don't need to be controlled by anything. So although you can do those things, although they are, are, are permissible, they're not beneficial. They're not helpful. And when you submit yourselves to, 
to, to those things, to that way of living. They actually become your master. So why not submit yourself to God? Why not submit yourself to God? And then he kind of ends this, this chapter in 1 Corinthians 6 uh, with a really, really um, beautiful encouragement. He says, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Man, we could spend all day camping just on that. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. God redeemed you with a very, very, very precious gift. It cost him a lot to buy you back from that old way of sin. So the consequences glorify God in your body. Honor the one to whom you belong, who is God. For he bought you with a very, very, very precious price and that of his son, the Lord Jesus. So I hope that encourage you this morning, Father's House family. Let's take a moment to pray as we head on out with the rest of our day. Father, we just thank you so much again. We just honor you um, for the great price that you pay to buy us back from the life of sin. Father, would you forgive us when we have slipped back into our old ways of living and, and, and been mastered by sin in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies even. Father, we pray that the power of your forgiveness would bring us out of that again and set our feet on solid ground that we might become slaves to righteousness. Because God, we want you to be our master, not the things of the world. Thank you that this is possible by the power of your spirit that set us free that, and that sanctifies us. So would you have dominion over us, Lord? We submit to your lordship, your leadership, and your guidance. Thank you that you have called us to live as free sons and daughters of, of the Most High. Thank you, Father, that you are on our side and you want us to experience the best that you have in store. So we just honor you so much, Lord, for everything that you have done for us, everything that you have given to us, uh, and for your goodness and your mercy that follows us all the days of our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.